0: Welcome listeners to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, everybody. Let's give Jesus a hand in this place. Come on. He's worthy. We got a, we got a lot of work to do in the Word today, so I'm going to jump right in. Is that Okay. And uh, I think it's important to work in the word and God is encountering us and we're encountering him in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, it's been amazing every morning. So if you haven't been out yet, if you can, 6 a.m. to 7, uh, it is worth it. And then our Encounter Conference is going to be uh, really strong. So invite people. It's not just for our church only. Invite people you know. Get some invite cards. And tell them, you know, every night's going to be something different. It's going to be an amazing three nights. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to look at Moses today. And we're, look, we're talking about encountering God. Uh, we looked at encountering Jesus as a shepherd last week and that he's the real shepherd and, and how he leads us. And, and I want to look at God encountering Moses as a, as a false shepherd uh, today a little bit. I'm going to get into it. Moses was uh, a murderer. Uh, Moses was on the run. And uh, God encounters him, and Moses is pretending to be a shepherd in the desert. And uh, this is the context of, of Exodus chapter 3 and 4, when God actually speaks into Moses' identity and gives him purpose and direction. But before he gives him this this direction, he has to deal with some things in his life. And so you're, you're in a transition. I'm in a transition. We're going into 2023. We've taken a turn and, and we have to be very careful in transitions. We have to be very aware in transitions because most wrecks happen in transitions. Come on, mo- most wrecks happen in the turn. My, my, my daughter she might kill me for saying this, but she has her permit and we we took a little little quick too quick of a turn the other day and uh, and we lost a couple tires and we lost a couple struts and so and so it, sometimes in the turn uh, that's where things happen and so you know you you're single you get married you took a turn you got to be careful. Uh, you, you, you were living at home you moved out uh, that's a transition you were you were in school now you graduated you were working for a company now you started your own there's transitions Moses is in a transition and he's in the desert and God shows up to actually give him destiny. I I wanna say to some of you, the desert is not your destiny. And, And the enemy will use the desert of your life to bring despair. God will use the desert to define you. And so there's some things that God wants to do in my life and your life to encounter us right now to get all that he has for us in 2023. And so there's this interaction with Moses and God at a burning bush, that's what we're gonna look at. And at that moment, God gives direction and purpose, but Moses has this interaction of insecurity. Moses is so insecure because of his past, because of what he's been through. And this is what it says in Exodus chapter three, one through 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up, why it's on fire but not being consumed. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for this place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face. It's where most people live with God. Because he was afraid to look at God. That's where the enemy wants us. And he hid his face and was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the hand of the Egyptians. To bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. The land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now... The cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are opposing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. Whenever God wants to do a miracle, usually he sends a person. A lot of times we're waiting on the miracle to show up and God's saying, you are the miracle. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Here's his insecurities begin to kick in. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. And this will be a sign to you that, I, that it is I that I has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go and, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask, what's his name? And then what shall I say?" God said, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also has said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Very simple title today. The miracle of mercy. The miracle of mercy. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for a place of mercy. Thank you for a burning bush moments today in this house. Thank you for, for an atmosphere of mercy, an atmosphere of grace. Thank you, God, that you are showing up and you are talking to us and we get to meet with you and we don't have to be afraid of you. We don't have to hide our face from you, that we are in Jesus and we get to talk with you, oh God. Do your work today in Jesus' name, amen. The miracle of mercy. Has anybody ever uh, had an accident or something happen and like you, you thought it was a lot worse than what, what it was and so you hid your face? You're like, you know, you just couldn't look, right? Cut your hand. I just, if I'm kind of a guy, I can't look if I hurt myself. Just, you know, like if you just don't look, it's like it didn't happen. You're like, don't look, don't look. Look, my kids, like they, you know how your kids are. When they get hurt, they would, they would cover it. And the minute, they're fine. They're laughing, they're fine. The minute they look at it, they start screaming and coming unglued. They're like, ah, you're like, you were fine five minutes ago. You wreck a car. You're like, oh, oh, oh. And has you, have you ever done that? And, and, and something's happened and you thought it was so bad and you just couldn't look. But then you looked and you realized, oh, thank God it's not as bad as I thought it was. My finger's still on my hand. Oh, thank God. I'm still alive. There was a lady uh, in a summer in July. She was in her car. Some of you might have heard the story. Uh, she got in the car and uh, she shut the door. and She cranked the car up and a loud bang hit. And, and, and she felt a sharp pain, hit herself, hit her in the back of the head. And she grabbed the back of her head and felt uh, literally her brains on the back of her head. She catches it. She's holding the back of her head. She's screaming in the car. Uh, and, and someone sees her in the parking lot, walks over and says, ma'am. And, and she says, I've been shot and my brains are hanging out. And she's just, she's got her hands They're like, ma'am, let me look. She's like, no, I've been shot brains are hanging out. She's holding her brains into the back of her head, and she's got her hand there like, ma'am, take your hand away. Let me see. She can't look. They can't look. She's holding her head, and then finally they look, and they said, ma'am, you are holding a can of biscuits on the back of your head. The biscuits from her car had exploded <laughs> from her groceries, and she's hold- she catches the biscuits. She thinks her brains are hanging out in the back of her head. Come on. Any- anybody Anybody grateful for mercy that your brain, it wasn't your brains hanging out? Anybody grateful to still be alive? Anybody ever been through something? You're like, man, thank God. Here's Moses. He's on the run, too scared to look, too scared to get real, too scared, too too afraid. He's actually killed some people. God encounters him, and there's this miracle of mercy. He's covering up. He's scared, and here's the miracle. He walks up on a bush. God has to do some stuff in a burning bush moment to get Moses ready to go into his purpose. Moses is about to deliver two million people, but God can't do something on the outside of him until he does something on the inside of him. God has purpose for you this year, but he has to do something on the inside of you before he can do something on the outside of you. And so there's this atmosphere of a holy ground moment. Moses walks up. God says, where are you? Moses sees the bush. The bush is burning, but not burning. The bush is on fire, but not on fire. The bush is being, being consumed, but not being consumed. And God says, it's holy ground. Take off your shoes. The whole entire picture of fire is the judgment of God. The whole picture of fire is an all-consuming God. The whole picture of the Holy Spirit is a, is a refining fire of God. But the picture of the bush burning but not burning is a picture of mercy. It's a picture that God can walk up on a holy moment with God and God can get into my life and your life and not consume us, not not altogether destroy us. It's a picture that God doesn't want to consume you. He wants to converse with you. And many of you think, oh, my mistakes, God is mad, or God wants to consume me, or I've got insecurity because I did this or I did that. And the, literally, the holy ground, the burning bush moment is the fire of God saying, I'm not giving you judgment. What you should have gotten, what you did deserve, you, you should have been dead, you shouldn't have made it this far. The, the mistakes and the failures should have hurt you more, but I'm actually giving you mercy. Come on, everybody say mercy. mercy. The miracle Of mercy, what God is saying is this is a picture of a safe place to actually be real. Come on, we're experts at Halloween costumes in church, somebody. We're experts at covering up, we're experts at putting on a good face putting on a costume. Moses has a costume on and and, and the reality is God's saying, this is holy ground. You're safe to be real. Moses, you're safe to converse with me. He's talking to you and I saying, I've got to talk with you. I've got to do some stuff. There's not judgment. There's not a fire that's going to consume you. There's There's a fire that wants to converse with you and change you from the inside out. Come on, I'm so thankful for the mercy of God. God, I gotta, I gotta do something this year. God, I wanna, I wanna see God do some things. I wanna see you use us and use our families and use our church. And Moses is about to do something. God says, I gotta give you a burning bush moment before I do something in your life. Here, here's the thing. Moses had a rap sheet, man. We, and the problem is we all know our own rap sheet. We all know the stuff we've been through. I had a, I had a friend, a real good friend of mine, invited him to church years ago. He's a Christian now, but he wasn't at the time. And uh, I, you, some of you heard me say it, but I said, Hey, come to church, man. Come hang out with us. And he said, Man, if I walk in that church, I'm going to catch on fire. I was like, Well, number one, if you would, so would I. And number two, we got fire extinguishers by every door. I'm thankful for the holy fire extinguisher, somebody. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful that I can walk in. We all should be consumed. We all should have been burned up by the fire of God. But the mercy of God and the the life of Jesus and what God affords us is the mercy. And so an earthly mindset is this. My mistakes of yesterday are my misery of today. That's That's the earthly mindset. Yesterday's mistakes are today's misery. The kingdom mindset is yesterday's mistakes are today's ministry yesterday's mess-ups. When I begin to view my life through the lens of mercy and not the lens of my mistake, Satan wants you to view your life through the lens of every mistake so that he can get you running from your destiny, running from your purpose, and get you stuck in life. Moses is on the run and God shows him mercy. In Exodus 2, 11-12, he, he he has this rap sheet. He sees some, some Egyptians beating some Hebrew slaves. Moses, had, you know the story, he grew, grew up in the palace. He grew up as an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew, and now he goes out into the fields and he sees this, this family member, this Hebrew getting beat by an Egyptian slave uh, or by an Egyptian taskmaster. And and the Bible says he looks this way. And that can I tell you that whenever you're looking this way and that you're probably about to do something wrong. (laughs) It's uh, right before he kills the dude, he looked, anybody looking, you know, if you're like, if you're saying yourself, anybody looking, you need to find a friend, somebody. Okay. He looks this way. And that kills the dude, buries him in the sand. Come on, Moses. That was his. That was his family. Yeah, he. I'm gonna kill you. Like he kills the guy. He was probably from the south. Somebody, come on. I mean, here's the thing. Like for the, in the south, you can. We can talk about our own family. We can make fun of the crazy uncle. Come on, who's got the crazy uncle? Y'all know. And if, if you're not, if you don't know who it is, it's probably you. And so the thing is. We can talk about our family, uh, but if you talk about our family, we're gonna put hands on you. We're gonna kill you, right? We're gonna, we're gonna slap, we're gonna put the spirit of slap on you if you make fun of my family. But, but the reality is, that's the same. Moses decides, I'm gonna kill this guy, and he kills him and buries him in the sand. And, and hear, hear me, what you, what you bury follows you. What you bury lives on, because everything's a seed. And so what you plant in the ground continues to replicate into your future, and he he buries his shame. He buries this man. He buries his guilt. He looks this way and that way. He's a killer on the run. I'm just here to tell you, be careful what you've buried. Be careful what you've put into the ground, what you've avoided. I'm just asking you because time doesn't heal. Time infects. Oh, time will heal it. No, it won't. Time will infect it. And you've got this stuff under the surface. Moses had this stuff under the surface. He had planted this man in the sand. And the enemy's doing everything he can to get you and I to view our life through mistakes that we made in the past, through stuff that we had buried and not dealt with. And I'm just here today to say we got to deal with some stuff. I got to deal with some stuff. And, And the environment is a place of mercy in your life so that you can get real enough and honest enough to uncover it and to deal with it with God. I think there's some freedom for you. I don't know. You're like, well, I'm just on the run as a fugitive. Uh, no, no, oh, I, I'm just busy. I'm just a businessman. I just don't have time. No, you're just on the run. Some of us. How many of us are on the run with all kinds of things, but we just are, are, are saying it's all this other stuff. Well, I'm just busy. It's just life. I just got that. I have that. I, I just want to encourage you. Like, s- stop running. A fugitive thinks that they can put on a new look and have a new life. Thinks that they can actually disguise themselves. Moses is actually disguised as a shepherd. He's a murderer. He's not a shepherd. 40 years he's been disguised and he's actually running and hiding. Here's the burning bush moment. Yes, I'm a murderer. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I, I, yes I'm, I was addicted. Yes, I, I committed that. Yes, I, I was in an affair. Yes I, yes, I had that in my life. The things you keep covering because you have so much shame about, God is actually wanting to let you uncover and get free at a burning bush environment where you can have the mercy of God. Not, not, not just because you need freedom. You do, but you can't be a freedom fighter if you're not free. Moses has to deliver 2 million people. God's saying, Moses, I can't bring you into your purpose and into your mission to deliver two million people if you're still a prisoner on the inside. And God has millions of people out there that are still enslaved to Pharaoh. And that God's called us to get free enough with our stories and with our, with our mission and with the things that we've kind of covered up so we can go out and actually see others set free. I just want you to renew your mind. I want to renew my mind. My mistakes are my ministry. I've got the grace of God. Satan's job is to point out every mistake in your life and accuse you. I will not, and I ask you, do not view your life through the, through the mistakes that you've made. Begin to view your life through the mercy of God. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And I, I believe God for a, for a real in, in, encounter in an environment of mercy. And, and hear me, please, please don't think I'm saying you got to be perfect. We don't, we don't need another perfect anybody. We got Jesus. He's perfect. We need some more Moseses. We need some more men and women that will get real. I, yeah, that was me. I did it. Yeah, that was me. Let me share my story. Yeah, that was me. I had a burning bush moment at church one day or in my car or in my shower. I was at work in the, in the, in the pantry. I was, at, I, was, I was out in the warehouse and I was in my classroom before all the students. Got. I had a burning bush moment and I got honest with God or I got honest with my spouse. I got honest with a friend. with accountability. I got real and I had this moment. That's who I was, but I got mercy in my life. Now, let me just tell you my story because I think it could set you free. We need some more Moseses out in the streets. that would just bring the miracle of what God's done in their life just share my story. God, thank you for mercy and using my mistakes for ministry. So God shows up and gives Moses this overwhelming purpose. And Exodus three and four, really the insecurity of Moses, he begins to say some things like this. God's like, you're going to be a deliverer and, and you're in the desert hiding. And Moses says, man, who, who, who am I? That was the first thing he said, who am I? And then he says, who are you? And, and God, what if they don't believe me? And God, who do I say sent me? And God, some of those people know me back there. They know what I did. Come on, anybody scared to go and witness back in your hometown because they knew who you were? Paul, Paul, Paul said that God picked him to show everybody else that if Paul can get it, anybody can get it. Because Paul was a murderer and a killer. And s- some of the things that you're, you're, you're ashamed of are what God wants to prove to everybody that he's merciful, <laughs> that he's gracious. I remember when my, high, when my college friends heard that I was a pastor, like, Jamie? Come on, anybody. <laughs> like, he's a pastor now. That dude? If he can get it, anybody can get it. If, if, if God's mercy and grace is free to that guy, Moses is, is hiding. God, what if they don't believe? They know me. God, what am I going to say? And, and hear me, write this down. The moment God speaks destiny, Satan sends insecurity. God has told some of y'all to pray for somebody or to to lead a ministry or to, to start a business or to write a book or, or I've got something in you, tell your story, be honest, put it on video, tell someone your transformation story. God's spoken to some of you to do some things and the minute God speaks destiny to you, all of a sudden, Satan sends insecurity. It happens every time. It happens because the enemy knows that, that, that if he can get you running from your mistakes, he can get you to, to abandon your purpose and here's how God deals with it. Here's what God does. God asks him one question. The Lord says to Moses, Moses, what's in your hand? God knew what, what was in Moses' hand. What's in your hand, Moses? Moses, what have you been carrying around with you for 40 years? What have you been hiding behind? What have you been covering your insecurities with, Moses? What, what have you been pretending to be, Moses? What have you been What's in your hand, Moses? And Moses says, it's a staff. And God's like, no, no, it's an insecurity. You're, you're not a shepherd, you're a murderer. You were on the run. You, you buried him in the sand and you've got insecurity and now you're carrying this in your hand. Psychologists call it coping mechanisms, areas of your life that you just learn to deal with and carry because you don't want to actually admit or deal with it, so you just carry it. And, and, and whatever, you, whatever you don't deal with deals with you. I know, that can, is this helping anybody today? Come on, I know y'all like, man, this is heavy. This is Moses' story. This is my story. This is your story. I met with a man the other day for a couple of hours. This is his story telling me what he got real with and honest about and how God set him free and did miracles in his family because honesty and, and burning bush moments. Moses is this guy who's hiding and he's buried this person in the sand, running as a fugitive. I think sometimes we run as felons when God says, man, I got purpose. You, you can't. You can't be a fugitive and be a freedom fighter at the same time. We can't. I can't go out in my life and try to get people set free and not be dealing with the things in my life. So I just want to give you permission today to deal with it. I want to give you permission to release it I'm uh, not going to make you raise your hand and write your secrets down. Come on. I'm not going to make you shout out what, any of that. But there's things you know you've got to deal with to go into 2023. And you're not going to get all God has for you in 2023 if you won't get honest and deal with the stuff that you've been hiding and be, been running from. And so I want to give you permission to release it. Moses, this is what God says. This is what he says. What's in your hand? Moses said a staff. God says, no, no, no. God says, throw it down. Throw down the thing you've been hiding behind. Throw down the thing that's been giving you false security. Throw down the thing that you think is what everybody sees when you really know on the inside you're hurting and you're in pain and you're in shame. Throw down the thing. Throw it down. I give you permission to actually release it because if you don't release it, it will replicate. And this is what God does. He throws it down and it turns into a snake. The snake is a picture of sin. Things that we wouldn't deal with. And then God said, Moses gets scared of the snake and jumps. Come, come on, shepherds aren't scared of snakes. I am. I'll, I'll, I'll kill a snake. Come on, we got a snake killing ministry, somebody. But, 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 you, but Moses, run, shepherds dealt with snakes all day long, every day. They dealt with snakes in the fields, right? And so, so the snake goes down and Moses runs from it. And God says, hey, don't be afraid. Pick it back up. So once Moses exposed it, once Moses threw it down and dealt with it with God, now God gave him power over it and he picked it up and said, now I can handle, I can have power over that. And so in this moment, God's just saying, would you just throw some stuff down? I'm going to give you power this year. Just surrender it to God. Don't view your life through a reflection of your failures from the past. Begin to view your life through the mercy of God. Is that good, guys? I'm not a fugitive. I'm not on the run any longer. Come on, anybody that used to be a fugitive now is free. Come on. Somebody make a little noise in here. If you used to be a fugitive, but you're free in Jesus' name, I'm so thankful that I don't have to be on the run looking over my shoulder for 40 years. I used to look over my shoulder when police cars got behind me because I, I could have had drugs in the car. I could have had weapons in the car. I could have I run from the car. I could have done all kinds of stuff. There's many a time when I said, run. Many a time I should have been in prison, and God used my, my mistakes to make a ministry. God used my failures to, to give me a future and a hope and a faith. And I just want to encourage you today. You, you don't have to run. I'm not on the run. You don't have to be on the run. And I don't, I don't know what it looks like for you to how, to how to throw it down or how to deal with it. I hope the Holy Spirit speaks to you today. But I, I want to encourage you, stop reflecting on your past and begin to reflect on the Word of God. We were never meant to reflect on our past. We're called to reflect on the Word of God and reflect on the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you three thoughts real quick. Three lies that you and I got to throw down as we encounter God As we have a burning bush moment, here's what Moses does and what he says, and we have a tendency to do this. Moses responds to God. God says, I'm gonna use you, Moses, and I'm gonna use you to deliver people, and Moses says this. The first thing he says, who am I? Who am I? In other words, he says this. I'm so dysfunctional. God, I'm so dysfunctional. I got so much dysfunction in my life, God, and I, I I know what I did, God, and I know what happened, and I know the shame and guilt, and I've got dysfunction. And God, who am I? Who who are you? Who am I to, to be used by you? Here's what's crazy. He's in a conversation with the creator of all the universe, the God with all authority and all power, and he's questioning himself. He's got the one with all the resources telling him, "I'm here for you," and he's questioning who he is. Come on, I grew up old school where anybody could whip me. Anybody from that from that genre you know, principal could whip you. Teacher could whip you. Librarian could whip you. If you get whipped by the librarian, you're a bad kid. (laughs) You know, lunchroom lady could whip you. You know, anybody could whip you growing up. And and we just took it. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you tell a kid what to do. They're like, who do you think you are? They don't question themselves. They question the authority. And usually we know better, but we question ourselves. God's in a miracle moment with Moses in the the lie of the enemy is chattering in his mind saying, who do you think you are, Moses? Look at all your deficiencies and you, you, you're dysfunctional and you don't, your life, can we, can I tell you, we all have dysfunction. Come on, moms, dads, families, leaders, bosses, we all have dysfunction and we all have some insecurity in our life that stems from a dysfunction that we think is insurmountable. Moses had it and I'm here to tell you and give you some hope, your dysfunction does not equal disqualification. When God is on the scene, when God gets involved, your dysfunction, God says, I'll actually use that. He'll actually take your greatest dysfunction. That's why I tell you the truth up here about my life. I have people walk out in the lobbies every week and go, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being real. Thank you for saying that you dealt with those kind of thoughts and that kind of, thank you. Because because the reality is the greatest dysfunction in my life is actually the greatest destiny that God's designed for me. Most, Most times we wanna hide that. And it's hard to be a good father, good leader, good good husband, good mom, good dad, good son, good daughter when you carry anger and insecurity. Anger chased Moses his entire life. God's trying to get him to throw down insecurity because that's where his anger is coming from. Many of you deal with anger because it's a root of insecurity. The, The reason Moses didn't go into the promised land was because he didn't deal fully with his anger. God told him to speak to the rock the first time and he spoke to the rock Christ Jesus and the rock gave water. The second time, excuse me, God told him to hit the rock the first time. He struck the rock, and and the rock gave water. The second time, God said, hey, speak to the rock and and give water. And The second time, he was frustrated with God's people, and he hit the rock the second time. I've always asked God, well, that was unfair. He hit it the first time. He made a simple mistake. I know he didn't obey you fully. You told him to speak to the rock, but man, you, you didn't let him go to the promised land? Well, it was because the first time when he said strike the rock, it was a picture of Jesus being stricken the first time. But now God's relationship with us is one of his voice. Speak to the rock. Don't strike the rock. The rock's already been stricken. And God said, I don't want you to be a leader, Moses, that leads my people with harshness, striking them. I want you to converse with them with the voice of God. And so Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land because of his anger. Many of us have insecurities that stem and have fruit of anger. So I want to encourage you, hear me. You can throw down your dysfunction and God can actually use it. I know hopefully you wrote it down, dysfunction does not equal disqualification. God begins to speak to him and and, and again he says look Moses I, I, I know you think you're so dysfunctional and, and here's some signs and here's some miracles I'm going to show you. Moses sees the snake miracle puts his hand in his shirt comes out leprous goes in goes back clean. God says they don't believe that I'm going to turn the blood to the, the river to blood and, and Moses says God listen 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 that's great all these little miracles you just did but but I don't speak real good. I'm not good with speech. So pardon your servant and use somebody else. So in other words, Moses is saying, I'm so deficient. Many of you, God's telling you to do something and speaking to you about your life this year. And the only thing that you can think of, here you are in a conversation. Here's Moses in a conversation with God. I'm gonna be your teacher, God. I'm gonna gonna, gonna teach you how to speak, Moses. And all Moses' mind can do and the enemy can do is tell him how deficient he is. Moses, you can't speak. You're not good at talking. You're not good at singing. You're not good at this. You're not good at that. You shouldn't serve in church. No one wants to hear what you have to say. You shouldn't lead a connect group. No one's going to want to come to your house. Can I tell you, it takes faith for me at 9 a.m. service that anybody's going to come to this service. Come on, somebody. The devil tells me every morning, that my biggest faith walk is from that little door to that front seat when, when only about 20 people are in here. I'm like, oh God, please bring people. You know, I, and the reality is the enemy hits all of our minds with these deficiencies that we think that we have when God is saying, I'm here and I'm going to train you and I'm going to teach you. And when we, when, we rep, when we sit there and reflect on these deficiencies, then all of a sudden we're going to miss all the miracles God wants to do in our life, the actual destiny that God wants to give us. And so we, we need to throw down our deficiencies. I, I just will say this. There's no you without the wonderful. There's no you without the wonderful. God knew your deficiencies, he knew your inadequacies, he knew all your failures, and he still called you, he still chose you, he still decided to use you, he still wants to give you a hope in a future, even though you've got all the deficiencies. Quit covering up the deficiencies, it's like a bad toupee. <laughs> if you got it, rock it. Come on, somebody, don't wear that. Don't co- if you if you're go- Shave it down and rock it. I'm going to be honest. I mean, we all know it. Let's just say it out loud. The more you try to cover it up, the worse it is. Trump looking all crazy, you know what I'm saying? Rip that thing off his head, somebody. We all know. Quit, quit trying to cover your deficiencies in the areas that you think are deficient. Throw them on the ground this year because usually when your greatest deficiencies are exposed, then your greatest insecurities are exposed. That's where God begins to work in my life and in your life. So God says, look, I'll use you. I'll give you, I'll give you strength. And then the last thing, God says, look, I, Moses says, I can't talk. God says, I'll teach you. And he says, God, just don't use me. I can't do it. Pardon me. God, I can't do it. God says, look, I, I made the mouth. I made the tongue. I made the humans. I made you. I want to use you. And Moses says, I can't do it. The last thing we have to throw down is the thought, I'm so, I'm so doubtful. I'm so dysfunctional, I'm so deficient, and I'm so doubtful. Could you just throw down doubt this year? Usually, we don't doubt God, because the voices that make us doubt God, we can look up at the stars and the moon and the skies, and creation can declare his greatness, and we can see it. Usually, we doubt ourselves. Usually, it's hard to silence the voices that make us doubt ourselves. And so, I just want to encourage you, this year, would you just throw down doubting yourself that God made you and God knows who you are and you don't have to doubt him and you don't have to doubt who you are. You don't have to be so doubtful. Don't be, listen to me. This is important. Insecurity is an insult to God. I'm not saying be a butthole and be prideful. And Can I say that in church? Don't be that. Like I'm all that and a bag of chip. Don't, you don't have to be that, but you don't have to walk around insecure and ashamed and and shy. and The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Am I helping anybody today? I, I, I think man, insecure. when you are so insecure, it's not a critique on you. It's a critique on the creator. It's saying that he didn't make you and design you with what you needed. When you begin to be insecure, you're telling God that he left something out when he designed you. You're telling God. And so, what's the answer? Here's the answer. Moses says, who, who, who should I say sent me? And God says, Tell him I am sent you. Tell him I am. I am sent you. That's God's name. I am. Let me say this to you. So, every time you fill in the blank, I am worthless, I am hopeless, I am anxious, I am depressed. I am angry. I am addicted. I am a failure. I am. Every time you fill in the blank, it's not only a critique on you. It's a critique on God. It's an actual uh, verbiage on God, on who he is. And you're actually taking his name and demeaning who he actually is because he is I am. How do you get rid of deficiency and dysfunction and and doubt? Here's what you do. You fill in the blank. I know I am worthy because I know I am. I, I know I am holy because I know I am. I know I know. I am graced because I know I am. I know I am a conqueror because I know I am. You begin to fill in the blank. God says, I am that I am. It literally means I will be that I will be. It literally means that whatever you need me to be in that blank, I will be. I am strong. I am victorious. I am an overcomer. I am free. I am not addicted. I am holy. I have purpose. I am a man or woman of God. I can talk the things of God in my community, and I can see millions come into freedom because I am. A child of God. Man, I just want to encourage you today. If you're on the run, you don't have to be. Come on, you can throw it down. What's in your hand? Come on, I'm going to throw it down today. Father, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you for a people that are secure in you. I, I, I pray that those that would be on the run today would, would not be running any longer. I pray that those that felt like, man, I cannot share that. I cannot tell that. I, you know it's a weight in your life. It's a, it's a heaviness. It's something that you just said, you know what? You may be, I don't, know, I don't know what you're hiding behind. I don't know the things that I hide behind. And I pray, oh, oh God, that today in this burning bush moment, Lord, you encountered Moses in a place of mercy. I thank you for mercy. Your word says that the blood of Jesus cries better things than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood cried vengeance. God, you're not crying vengeance today. You're giving us holy ground to get honest and real. The blood of Jesus cries mercy. Your mercy is new every morning. I thank you that we can actually look. We can take our hand off of our face. We don't have to hide from looking at the reality of what we've been through or the mistakes we've walked in. We can expose them. We can grab a hold of them and you'll use them for a ministry in our life. You'll use them for our marriage. You'll use them for our parenting. You'll use them for our careers, oh God. I pray that every mistake becomes a ministry today, Lord. No one looking around just for a second. If you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm throwing some stuff down today. I, I'm releasing it today. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to put it in the ground. I'm not going to bury it. I'm going to deal with it. Would you just put your hand to me? Nobody looking around. I'm throwing some stuff down. I'm throwing some insecurity down. I'm throwing some deficiencies down. I'm throwing some doubt down. Come on, thank you for your boldness. Just be honest in this place. If you're watching online, just throw it down right there. Just kind of listen, raise your hands just in, a, in an attitude of surrender. I'm just, I'm opening my hand and letting this stuff fall to the ground. I'm dealing with it today. Thank you, Father, that you see this moment that we won't carry it out of here, that that just because something happened to us 20 years ago, we don't have to carry it with us into our future. Just because that happened, Lord, we're not going to hold it any longer because there's destiny in 2023. No one looking around for another second. If you're in this place and you'd say, pastor, I, I need to give my life to God. I've never surrendered my life to the God of mercy, to Jesus. I'm leading my own life. I'm taking care of my own messes. I'm I'm strong enough. I can deal with it. I've never really surrendered to Jesus as my savior. You've come to church or someone brought you to church or you've been around that, but you know, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. you no, you know, you're not right with God. You haven't, you haven't given him the leadership and lordship of your life. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about rules. I'm talking about a real relationship with a, with a man named Jesus. If you're watching online, you're in this room and you know today's the day, you need a fresh start. Maybe you walked with God years ago, but something happened and you've been on the run and you need to come back to Jesus. Or maybe you've never surrendered your life. Today's the day. The Bible says this, if you would give your life to Jesus, if you believe that he died on a cross and took your shame and guilt and sin and he rose from the dead as God to give you a brand new life, that you can actually have a fresh start with God today you say, you know what? I'm tired of running. I, I, I need God to be my leader and my Lord. No one looking around. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to surrender. I need a fresh start with God today. Anybody in this place, just hold it up boldly so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start with God. If you're watching online, would you just type in fresh start right now? I need a fresh start. I need Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. Just pray this prayer with me, everybody. If you're watching online, pray this prayer. It's just a prayer of surrender. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I I believe that you're God. I believe that you died on a cross. I believe you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, all the things I've been covering up with, and you nailed them to that tree. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you give me a brand new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart to serve you, and a heart to have an eternal relationship with God. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my God the rest of my life in Jesus matchless name come on everybody said amen 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 have an awesome week love you guys so much thank you for listening to another transformation church sermon podcast if you would like someone to pray with you or if you would like some ministry materials please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us